email address really is like your physical mailbox in your house. Mm. I would advocate for emailing your customers every day, just right. not every single one of your customers. Through those channels, you can not only build really good relationships with their actual end customer who feels like the brand's taking care of them, but obviously you build really strong partnerships with your customer, which is actually that wholesaler. Welcome to the e-commerce experience, the podcast that turns you into an e-commerce expert. Your host, Andrew Rogenkamp, shares his wealth of B2B and B2C business experience to take you on an e-commerce adventure. Each month, you'll hear from industry experts and meet people just like you, looking to take their business to new heights online. Hey there, and welcome to the second episode of the e-commerce experience. My name's Andrew Rogenkamp, and I've been working in e-commerce, both B2B and B2C, for over 20 years. And we're bringing you this podcast to hopefully help you travel your way through the e-commerce world and uh, give you the experience that we've had over that 20 years. So since our first podcast, Hasn't the World Changed? Um, We're right in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, I think e-commerce is even more important than it was last month. And um, we've uh, seen, I've seen customers that are doing some great things with e-commerce changing their their business models to allow them to deal with the public where they maybe wouldn't have dealt with the public before, uh, touchless click and, co- click and collect models and things like that. So um, I think it's even more important now that e-commerce is at the centre of everybody's thoughts uh, while they try and survive uh, through this difficult time. This week, we're talking to Jason Anderson and Jason is also based here in Brisbane and he is uh, from a company called Anzen, that's spelled A-N-D-Z-E-N, and they are email marketing specialists. So, Jason, thanks for coming along. No worries. Thanks for having me. Maybe as a start, you could give us a bit of background on where you've been, what you've been doing, and what your company does. Yeah, sure. So, Anzen is a email marketing agency based in Brisbane. Like you said, we've got offices in LA as well. Um, So we actually started out life as an email marketing platform. uh, And almost 10 years ago now, that platform was sold to GoDaddy. And in the process of that, we started the agency Anzen to do take all of our knowledge from email marketing when we had that platform and offer that as a consultative service. So we've been doing uh, as Anzen, email marketing consulting for the better part of eight years now. Okay, so you really go and help customers make the most out of their email marketing platform that either you've recommended to them or they've chosen independently. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people will come to us with their problem and it's our job to advise on, you know, how could we achieve that maybe with the email platform they're using currently or yep. what email platforms could we suggest that we could use. Yep. Uh, we also do a lot with SMS and messenger marketing and things like that as well. So it's really that direct messaging, one-to-one messaging. Sure, yeah. Um, that, that's the space we play in. And that's both in a B2B and a B2C world? Yeah, that's right. So when we initially built the email platform, um, we did a lot of B2B. B2B was the main thing. Yeah, okay. Um, that platform was founded almost 20 years ago. So you can imagine your e-commerce wasn't Yeah, that's when we started our B2B uh, e-commerce company and there weren't many people doing it. Absolutely. So B2B is, I guess, where we we sort of grew up. But what we found is that when we built that platform, we had a very much a focus on automation. And what that led to is obviously a really uh, streamlined process that you could take to e-commerce that just worked so well. And Mm. then 
in the last couple of years, we've really moved our focus where the majority of our clients now are e-commerce merchants yep. who are on the larger side, they have their B2B offering and their B2C offering. And on the more medium size, it's just their direct-to-consumer offering. Cool. Yeah. So how, how, do you, how important do you think email marketing is in today's e-commerce world? I still think that it probably is, particularly for a larger organization, probably still is one of the, if not the most important marketing channel. Yep. Uh, there's a few reasons for that. And it, I guess it depends on how you look at marketing channels. But I think ultimately email is still that central thing that every customer has. Mm. As soon as you create your... Uh, persona on the internet, the first thing that you do is create an email address so yeah, that you can get yeah. on social media so that you mm. can do everything you need to do. That mm. email address really is like your physical mailbox in your house. Mm. Um, and for as long as having an email address is that central to your existence online, mm. email is going to be that primary channel, but it just allows you to do so many other things when it comes to tracking and managing the data that you hold on a client and having that assigned back to a unique identifier. You know, It's almost always email. Yeah. When you talk about ROI, most email platforms are affordable compared to what you would need to spend to have a really strong sort of top of funnel ad strategy. And so the sales that you make of email quite often have the strongest ROI. So it doesn't really matter how you cut the importance of a marketing channel in terms yeah. of if it's ROI or data or what's most important to you, mm. email almost always comes out on top. Yeah. In terms of bang for buck. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So if you were to look at a company, you know, I guess there's three types of companies we're looking at. One that's not doing any email marketing versus one that's doing email marketing, but not effectively versus one that's really got it down pat what, what are the outcome differences that you typically see in those companies usually what we would find is those companies that really have a strong email marketing strategy generally have a really strong repeat purchase and return customer right. yeah. uh, focus and they're getting a lot out of that um, and that's what those first two types of businesses are usually missing yeah for those people that have no strategy at all Often, if they've grown large enough, they've overcome that in another way. But when you dig under the surface, what you find is that's usually quite an expensive way. They've probably had to really invest in remarketing. Yeah. Um, they've maybe got a really strong strategy around how they use social media and audiences and custom audiences to mm. really target their existing customers, yep. which is all fantastic. And I would never suggest replacing that with an email marketing strategy. Mm. But what you need to think about when you're spending ad budget is how do I actually make that budget work for me the hardest? Yep. And email is one of those channels that is quite cost effective, but really, you know, puts the runners on and mm. runs up that mountain for you yeah. when it comes to another form of messaging, another reminder, um, a way to automate things mm. and something that can actually take your top of funnel strategy and make sure that you're converting the most amount of people that are seeing those ads yeah. once they actually land on the site. Yeah, yeah okay. So, I've heard a lot of our customers say, I just want to be emailing customers every day. Yeah. More isn't always better, is it? It's not, but to be honest, um, I would advocate for emailing your customers every day, just right. not every single one of your customers right, every okay. day. Yeah, okay. um, and that's what the beauty of automation does. Yeah. Um, automation allows you to engage with your customers frequently with highly personalized content, but also on their own terms. So if you think about that person who's seen an ad for the first time or you know been told by a friend and come to your website, they see the pop-up, they sign up, they get that first email from you, maybe with a discount code in it. And then yep. maybe over that first three or four days, they're getting an email every day or every other day with a different aspect of your value proposition to try mm. and get that first sale. Yep. And then once they've made that sale, you know, within the next couple of days, they're getting their order confirmation, they're getting their shipping notification, mm -hmm. they're getting uh, maybe an email to say, you ship, your product should arrive, like, you know, we're really excited for yep. you. They review email and then they cross sell and promotionals and eventually win back emails. You might find that via automation, 
a client's hearing from you at least once a week. Yeah. And but it's all to got, do often with a transaction that that's they've right. created for and you. They're not just getting blasted with emails. Exactly. Or, or, and yeah. you can use these days, email platforms that we have are so intelligent, so powerful that in every one of those, I guess, critical emails from a transactional point of view and a journey stage, you can be injecting dynamic product recommendations. Yep. That's actually looking at, okay, this client bought X, Y, and Z. And, and using artificial intelligence. Exactly. Based on what they purchased there, they're going to be most likely to purchase these products. So let's put in, leave a review and we'll give you 5% off your next order. By the way, here are our top picks for what that yeah, next okay. order might be. Yep. And then someone all of a sudden isn't just thinking, oh, I have to go leave a review now. Yep. What they're thinking is, oh, that skirt looks amazing and would pair perfectly with that top that I bought. Mm. I want to get that 5% discount so sure. I can buy that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So- like Commerce Vision, you guys have both B2B and B2C customers. And and actually the podcast I did last week was actually breaking B2B. We see B2B as two different – there's two different types of B2B. The yep. B2B that are dealing with uh, what we call manufacturing distribution. So they're selling to customers that are going to on-sell mm-hmm. to other customers. To Often they're selling to retailers. And then you've got that B2B, which is where B2B for business use. So typical little things like, um, you know, stationary supplies and stuff like sure. that. So they're supplying to businesses, but the businesses are using those products in mm-hmm. their business. And then, of course, you've got B2C. So we sort of see three main strands of e-commerce, and I'm sure you'd see that with your customers. Absolutely. Are there completely different types of strategies for those types of um, businesses? I would say that they're completely different. Mm. Uh, certainly the messaging is different. Mm. Um, but when you're thinking about your approach, it's relatively the same in terms of what we're really looking to do is understand the customer and their buying life cycle and yep. their needs. Yep. And you know, we might be grouping those customers into subsections to say, these are customers that have a MVP product that they always order from us. Mm-hmm. And we would love to cross sell more of our products into them. Yep. And then maybe we've got another subset. These are our real VIP customers that are just, we wish every one of our customers look like this. Mm. And then you might have your more either prospecting or every now and again, customers that sort of come for different products here and there, but we'd love to get them going from one order a year to four orders a year, something yeah. like that. And it might even be informational that they've bought this type of product in a B2V environment and you're yeah. providing them, not necessarily trying to resell them stuff, but you're actually providing them with value information. That exactly. Yeah. And what we find in B2B is that's usually one of the most effective strategies is mm. not just saying, Hey, you bought this now, buy that. Buy, buy, buy. Yeah, yeah. What it is is saying, now that you've bought this, here are all the ways to make it last the longest, keep, yeah. keep it effective, train your staff and how to use it effectively. Yeah. All of those things that's going to make you know, that buying manager or, you know, whoever procurement officer in that business yeah. sit back and think, oh man, I love this brand. They all, they just make my job so much easier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's part of what we see with B2B is if you, if you make that, uh, that journey and that customer experience between the buyer and, and, and you, the merchant, the seller, mm-hmm. a lot easier, you'll get a lot more stickiness with that. That's uh, right. That yeah. And those customers, particularly in B2B, inevitably, Word of mouth is really powerful yeah. in B2B. A lot of these people are networking quite often and, mm. and going and speaking with other people in their industry. And so if you're providing that quality of service, um, you'll find often that that VIP subset of your clients will yep. grow quite yeah. rapidly, which is what you want. Yeah. So talking about clients, what we sometimes see is, is manufacturers and distributors, so they're the, you know, the brands out there, yeah. are trying to talk directly to their customers' customers. So they're not selling the products to the customer. They're selling them through retail chains like yeah. Bunnings and things like that, but they're trying to create a dialogue with the actual end consumer. Are you seeing a lot of that? Yeah, absolutely. Like we've got some merchants that are direct to consumer, but we've got some that also have 
quite strong um, or, you know, very focused wholesale channels. Yeah. And there's still a lot that you can do to make email really effective in those areas. You know, for example, you might have a lot of people signing up for their warranties. Sure. Um, And now that's actually Mm. quite powerful information Mm. for you as a manufacturer to try and drive people into store when you can see a warranty period is maybe coming up. Um, If you have their local postcode information, you can quite, build quite effective automation to say, you know, your warranty is expiring. Here's a, here's a local here's dealer. Your local dealer. Yeah. Exactly. That yeah. you can speak to. Yeah. Um, or if you've got that warranty information, you should also have that history of what products they own. So mm. that'll actually give you quite good insight. If you're going to be having a promotion or whatever it might be, if you're doing a cashback offer with a dealer and you know that they've got a really good spread of stores, yep. then you can use that information you have around warranty to send out to say, Hey, you know, by the way, this weekend at, Bunnings, yeah. if you buy this, you'll get a $50 gift card or you yeah. know, you'll get this extra product for yeah. free or whatever yeah. it might be. And through those channels, you can not only build really good relationships with your customers, the actual end customer who feels like the brand's taking care of them, but obviously you build really strong partnerships with your customer, which is actually that wholesaler. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask is, is you know, do those retailers get their nose out of joint that you're talking directly, you know, that the manufacturers talking directly to their customers or do they see it as a, I guess some, there's going to be a bit of both, but the smart ones see it as a advantage. Look, yeah, I think ultimately anyone who runs a business is, you know, we all love free marketing, right? So I think uh, as long as you're intelligent about your offering and you're, you're, you're doing it on a case by case basis, most merchants are working quite closely with their wholesale providers yeah. anyhow yeah. on pricing, on offers and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, the strategy with how it's actually going to be positioned on the store shelves. So in my experience, it generally goes over quite well, as long as you're being transparent about what you're trying to achieve. Mm. Um, you're obviously not undercutting them with promotions that you're running on the website that are very different to what you're allowing sure. them to offer yeah. in the store, for example. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are key periods of the year where it can get very challenging. Like if you're trying to create your direct to consumer offering and it's Black Friday, of course, you want to really come out with a strong offer, mm. um, which may cause some conflict. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, usually what that means is just providing that wholesaler with a strong offer that they can use they themselves. Can, yeah. And then in your marketing, having some aspect of that marketing that is also saying, you know, buy on the website or visit your local store X. Yes, that omni-channel type yeah. environment, yeah. So we, we see, and, you know, a lot of what you've been talking today is about personalization of those emails. Yeah. Uh, and, we're you know, we're seeing a lot of personalization on the e-commerce front. Emails today are way more than just sending out a blast email to every customer on the same thing, isn't it? It's, 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 you've re- if you really want to be doing it effectively, you've got to look at the personalization part of it. That's right. And, you know, I guess what we would call a campaign or, mm. you know, a one of those emails to your larger database, um, they still have a place, um, but there's ways to do them more effectively. Um, automation is, five years ago, automation was, I put their first name in the email, um, which was a great start. Yeah, okay. that was um, it. <laughs> yeah but that's not even what personalization is these days, really. Yeah. What personalization is about now is, you know, the content is personalized. The time that you receive the email is personalized. Yeah. Um, maybe even the tone or the structure of the email might even be personalized um, based on the device that the person is using on. There's yeah. a lot of factors that go mm. into personalization these mm. days. Yeah. Um, a lot of platforms are doing a really great job of having actually AI engines now that just optimize for send time. Yeah. So they'll actually give you the option to say, send it this time in my user's local time or look at all of my customers that have, customers that have opened an email and understand that um, customer A always opens their email around 6 p.m. at night. So send theirs at 6 yeah, p.m. Different customer people, B yeah. opens theirs at 6 a.m. So yeah, send their right. one at 6 a.m. Yeah. And so they can pick up on when 
that customers previously opened emails and that's get right. Yeah, to. there are some platforms that are very much that have that offering now. It's very personalized to the yeah. um, customer, but otherwise, simple things like by time zone is still quite effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously having a strategy around, look, if we send this email on Tuesday um, at 6 p.m. to everyone, let's wait three or four days. And then on Thursday or Friday, let's send it at 6 a.m. to everyone who didn't open that email right. to get a bit of extra coverage. Yeah. Um, but still keep it local to their time zone. And I think sometimes what uh, we see our customers do is, is spread the load of sending that email so that their websites just don't get smashed in the first five minutes of yeah. uh, sending that email out that they can uh, yep. spread that load. You yeah. Know? And yeah. often if you just say send to the user in their local time zone, that's going to do that for you. Do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Sounds good. Yeah. So, Based on all that personalization, you know, especially around the stores that have got retail, then you must be seeing a lot more integration of ERP and point of sale systems, obviously, as well as the e-commerce systems into these um, mail applications so that Definitely. you're not just getting the view from the web, you're getting that full view as to what that customer did when they walked into store. And Yeah, that's right. So of the customer journey is what we look at at Anzen and that's very top of mind for us that if you've got a website where you're saying there's a loyalty program and when you make a purchase, you'll get X number of points per dollar spent, mm. that has to translate to your experience in the store as Absolutely, well. Yeah. And everyone has to be on the same page about making sure that customer's experience is really consistent mm. and they feel like, you know, no one wants to go up to the counter and ask for a discount and f feel like they don't know what the person behind the counter doesn't know what they're talking about yeah. or whatever. You want it to be a really smooth experience where you go in and, you know, you scan your loyalty card and they say, hey, thanks for being a gold member yeah. with us, you know, mm. by the way, you've got this discount and hey, here's the gift that comes with that or whatever yeah. it might be. Mm. So definitely a lot of what we do, if that doesn't exist out of the box, we have developers that can push integrations, but right. a lot of the platforms are getting smarter and smarter now and yeah. building these integrations themselves because they understand that bricks and mortar is not going away. No, um, What it is, is just finding a way to create a consistency between that experience so that mm. whether you're online or offline, the customer is always having the best experience possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Country Road do that really well. You yeah. can buy online. I know my wife does it all the time, buys online, and then if she doesn't want it, she can take it back to yeah. Interpilly and, you know, it's as easy as that. And that's, exactly. that draws people to buying to retailers because they know that they've got that bricks and mortar that they can uh, Yeah, come that's back right. To. I mean, a lot of people were talking about um, the Jeans West recently, right, that was um, is shutting down a lot of mm. its stores and – a lot of the criticism there isn't that they didn't, they weren't a good brand. It's that they didn't actually update that in-store bricks and mortar experience so that it was in line with their website experience, right, okay. yeah. which is really what we're talking about. When we, if you want to have an omni-channel strategy, mm. it really has to be how are we effectively training everyone so that the person manning the help desk chat bot mm. uh, button on the website um, is talking in the same language that the cashier behind the counter in store is yeah. talking. And, and that the person behind the counter isn't saying, well, the website's got nothing to do with us. That's type right. Of thing, you know? yeah. So, uh, yeah, that it's all, all the same sort of channel. So it sounds like email marketing is not just about getting one of these tools. There's a lot of strategy and thought that goes behind it. Is that right? Definitely. I think it's a big part of what we do yeah. initially when we work with someone is we'll do a big audit. And before we've even really had an engagement, we would come back with recommendations around platforms and pros and cons. No platform these days is does everything, right? Mm. Um, brands have such unique needs, mm. but some platforms are better than others at doing what they can to facilitate that and, yep. you know, having the right APIs and things available so that you can build your own, uh, build on top of their platforms to really have a customized, personalized experience. Yeah, okay. So 
there's a lot of, or it's probably not as much as there used to be, but when GDPR first came out, which is, you'll know the acronym it stands for. Oh, gosh. Uh, I actually can't remember the, the yeah. G now. Um, but General anyway. Data Privacy so, Act, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. this is something that's come out in Europe and there's a whole lot of regulations about what um, information you've got to allow people to know that you've got on their behalf and expose all of that. Is is that affecting any of your Australian customers or are we really exempt from that without giving any legal advice? Of course, <laughs> you know, there's a disclaimer yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, um, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. Um, I have read, uh, read it several times. Um, it's interesting. I think on the larger scale, Australia is such an interesting market, right? As a brand to really be successful, uh, sooner or later you end up having to expand yeah. internationally yeah, okay. um, because our, our market is the size that it is. Mm. Um so there are a fair few Australian brands that we've worked with that have strong uh, offerings in the United Kingdom or in mm. mainland Europe. And so they have to have strong policies when it comes to GDPR. Yeah. But there was a lot of miscommunication and a lot of misinterpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of brands were sending emails out to say, before GDPR, you have to opt back into the mailing list. That was never required. Right. Um, if you had been marketing to someone previously and, they had unsubscribed and they'd accepted that marketing. Um, there was actually a reasonable expectation that this person has been on your list and they're accepting marketing yeah. now, so they don't have to re-accept. Mm. It's common sense in a lot of cases. Too. That's exactly yeah. it. And this is the big thing with any sort of, you talk about can spam in the US and GDPR and mm. Europe, Australia are trying to strengthen our laws. America are working on newer laws and um, some of the states actually have their own laws as well right, okay. um, that can be go even further. But at the end of the day, None of this is about necessarily restricting marketing. Mm. What it's about is respecting your customers. And yeah. I think if you're building a brand, if you have a, if at the center of that your focus is the customer experience, mm. then you're really not going to engage in any no, sort of marketing right. practices yeah, that's, that's going right. to upset you're your customer. You're not going to go and sell their, 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 their data. Usernames yeah, exactly. People, and so. so I think at, at the end of the day, as long as you've that customer experience is at the center of your thinking, you'll probably find that everything that you're doing is erring on the right side of the law anyway. Yeah, okay. The only real additive that GDPR brings to it is the right to be forgotten, mm. which is something that we don't have anywhere else, which is when someone can contact you to say, not only do I want to unsubscribe, but I want you to delete any and all data yeah. you've ever had on me, yeah. which is obviously a, a much more detailed and extra step yeah. that needs yeah, to be yeah, taken. Yeah. And that's really the big thing that I'd tell people to be aware of. You should be asking people to opt in when they fill out a pop-up anyway, anyway. We've had that for yeah. years. Yeah. You should when someone clicks unsubscribe, they should genuinely be unsubscribed. Yeah, exactly. Um, all of those sort of things. Yeah. But yeah, I think the right to be forgotten is probably the big thing. That's that would be the next step, step up, for, I think, for Australia because yeah. then all the applications are going to need to support that sort of thing. It'd be like- That's uh, right. When the GST was introduced or year 2000 came around, you're probably yes. too young to remember that. But, uh, <laughs> I certainly Not do. quite. I definitely <laughs> remember Y2K, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of applications out there. We haven't spoken of any specific ones. Which, which ones do you mainly deal with? On the email side? Yeah. Um, we do a lot of work with Klaviyo. Yeah. Um, so they're very, very strong in the e-commerce specific. Um, their platform is probably for me uh, the best price, best bang for your buck when yeah. it comes to feature set and um, what you get for their uh, fees. Mm -hmm. uh, we also do a lot of work with Dot Digital, um, okay. also a really great platform. Mm -hmm. um, probably on the larger side, a little bit more expensive, yeah, a bit, bit more enterprise. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you probably need a bit more of a sophisticated team to implement okay. Dot yeah. Digital. And it's important to remember that you know 
you can go and get one of these great packages and get somebody to give you, like yourself, to give mm. a strategy, but you really need somebody internally to that's be right. driving that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's it's right. It's just going to magically happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think really in when it comes to the e-commerce space, those two are, are probably the most effective when it comes to bank. Yeah, okay. buck, yep. that also have very strong APIs. So even if you're using a solution like Commerce Vision, yeah. it's really not going to break the bank to can get your data connected and yeah. start getting the most out of these automation platforms. Yeah, that's good. Great, great advice. Well, Jason, that's all I've got for today. I you know, really appreciate your time coming in today and having a chat to us and um, you know, hopefully helping some of our customers and that understand uh, where that email piece is. Um, do you want to just give your contact details? If yeah, of course. So uh, if you're interested in reaching out to us, uh, you can f- jump on our website, anzen.co. Um, there's plenty of information there in terms of our blogs and case studies if you want to do some of your own research on how you can do some of what we do yourself. Um, yep. We're very open with with our strategies and what we do. Uh, But of course, if you'd like to chat to us, feel free to um, submit an inquiry and uh, we'll get in touch with you. We do free audits. So we'll we'll happily jump in and go through a consultative process and try and find a solution that works for you um, before really engaging on on anything. Sounds good. No risk. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, you know, I think we are quite fortunate in that we've been around for a long time. We have very strong strategies and um, that means that we can jump in and do audits and things like that for yeah. free because we're very confident that we'll be we're, able to we're show the same. When, we, when we get a when we get a prospect in we'll do a scoping study and sometimes we charge for it but most times we won't because we're pretty confident that we can achieve what we want to achieve so yeah that's right and ROI yeah. is really our focus so we're, mm. we're very much looking at from an analytical point of view you know if we can take your abandoned carts from 5% conversion rate to 12% conversion rate and times that by your average order no value brainer. you know this is how much we Absolute should be able to no make brainer. exactly yeah, yeah. Okay, Jason, thanks for your time today. Thank you. See ya. Well, I hope you found that chat with Jason uh, really interesting. He certainly provides a great deal of insight into the email marketing aspects of e-commerce. And, you know, as he said, it's a it's a really good bang for buck way to get to your customers. But you need to be careful about the way you market to customers and that, you, that you're not smashing them with emails all the time. And there's, it seems to me that there's a lot of tools around today that allow you to really personalize that uh, information and those emails going to your customers. So you may find Anzan a little bit hard to uh, understand what it is there in terms of uh, the spelling. It's A-N-D-Z-E-N and their website is anzan.co, A-N-D-Z-E-N. I'm sure Jason would be happy to have a chat to you. As I said, I've changed world since we last spoke to you last month. Uh, We hope all is going well for you in your business and that you're seeing your way through these difficult times. We'll be back next month with a new podcast and we'll see what the situation looks like then. All the best. See ya. Thanks for joining us today on the e-commerce experience. If you found today's episode valuable, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming shows.